Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. And we are obsessed with flipping puberty positive. Puberty is a stage of life best described as a roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts. It happens to literally every human being on earth. And it shouldn't be cringy. It should feel, you know, pretty comfortable. Which is why we started this podcast and a newsletter and why we film slightly ridiculous but informative social media videos. It's why we have a brand that makes clothes that literally feel so comfortable and why we write books too. Our latest is This Is So Awkward, Modern Puberty Explained. We have built a universe of puberty positivity and it all started with this podcast. We are so happy that you're here. Oh my God, Cara. I have no idea what this episode is going to be like because we are so exhausted. (laughs) Oh, Vanessa. I'm so tired. I'm wearing my blue light glasses just to hide the bags (laughs) under my eyes. So for anyone watching on our new YouTube channel, you can see if the Bluetooth glasses really do hide blue, blue tube. Blue. I don't know what you're talking about. I've just stuff. used a whole tube of concealer <laughs> under my eyes and then put the zoom, alter my appearance all the way up as far as it would go on the, the touch up appearance. Oh, and if you, none of you know that about zoom, you need to know that immediately that you can this touch is an up. episode about gratitude and I have gratitude for the zoom touch up my appearance. Um <laughs> And the okay. blue light glasses. I'm going to get fake glasses just so I can wear them on Zoom. I mean, this is just absolutely saving me today. Vanessa, I'm going to start with a story about gratitude. It's a short story. 
And it goes something <laughs> like this. <laughs> Last night, I was at the airport, at LAX airport at midnight. If anyone knows anything about LAX, it's shaped like a horseshoe, which is the least efficient traffic shape ever. And in an effort to prioritize big vehicles like buses, someone a couple of years ago decided, oh, let's just give two of the lanes to the buses and then let's give all the rest of the lanes to the cars and create a traffic jam that's 24-7. So I went to go pick up my daughter from the airport. Her plane was landing just after midnight and I pulled into the airport and it was so congested and there was so much traffic. And then there are these really mean traffic cops. And I would be mean if I was a traffic cop too, because it's a really hard job. And so, yes, I have gratitude for you too, traffic cops. But they yell, like if you pull over in a loading zone and someone is not actively loading into your car, they yell and they scream and you have to move along and then everyone's honking and there are these wide open bus lanes next to you. And then everyone's jammed in the space. And my daughter got in the car and looked at me and she said, thank you so much for picking me up at the airport, which it was 1230. And of course I was picking her up at the airport. Like, you know, it was, it's Thanksgiving break and that's what you do. You pick your kid. And Vanessa, I cannot tell you how much I needed the thank you mm -hmm. and how much I appreciated the thank you. And it was such a reminder that words matter and thank yous matter and they they count and matter the most when they're unprompted and this is going to be an episode about how do you prompt your kid to do an unprompted thank you really is the gist of this episode but like they get to a point where they do it and they say it and they mean it in the moments that you need it and i just had such gratitude for the gratitude it just becomes a virtuous cycle and it's really a pointless story other than to say. It's not a pointless story, except only to say that I would not have picked my kid up and I would have put them in an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> but also you live closer to the airport than I do. This is true. So This is true. Here's what I keep thinking about. And one day we will have a, you know, an actual expert on this topic come and talk to us instead of us just opining. But it's We'll be thankful for that. Yes, we'll be grateful for their expertise. But this is kind of an opining subject. And I also want us to have a conversation that has no judgment in it. So we're going to go expert free now, and then we'll go expert full another time when we feel like our ungrateful children have moved into another stage of life. I keep thinking about watching the process of kids' realization of why and how to be grateful. Like I have a, you know, as we always joke about, I have an N of four. I have my own control set. And you can literally see the evolution of kids' gratitude as they get older. And then the devolution for a little bit. They, I mean, it comes right. and it goes. So we should it, talk, right. we should talk about the devolution. I think there's a very particular scenario of kids coming home from college or boarding school or independent living of some sort. I think there's a very specific trend that happens, which 
can be amazing. Like Talia thanking you for picking her up. And also there's just an unbelievable self-centeredness of kids who come home from living away and then are back under your roof. So we can- That undoubtedly will appear this morning at some yes. point. But you're right. Like both ends of the spectrum are real when they come home for short periods of time. And I think it's on us a little bit to, you know, we're constantly in this podcast about how do you parent the the side that is not performing at the place that you want your kid to be at. But it's also just as important to bask in the good stuff and to enjoy when they, when they show you, oh, I, you know, I am a real feeling and thinking human who has evolved to this place where I have gratitude and I say thank you to people in the world and you don't have to worry. And, you know, but they do it with, without any, I don't know. So here's what I've observed. The younger kids, let's talk about the sort of tween and younger teen set, right? Like, let's talk about our sort of like, I don't know, 11 to 14 year olds. I have witnessed are actually very lovely and gracious and thankful to other people in their lives, right? So I have witnessed and Cara on our book tour, we have had young kids at schools all over the country hold the door open for us when we're carrying lots of bags, introduce themselves to us when we're signing books after book talks, thanking us for coming to their school, right? We have witnessed how kids, how tweens are gracious and grateful and thankful and kind to people they do not know. My experience with kids this age is that the people they know best often receive the least amount of gratitude. And that's developmentally appropriate for them to be totally focused on themselves and not focused on their siblings or their parents, except to get pissed off and annoyed. But don't lose hope. You are not raising a perennial asshole. You are just at a stage where developmentally they are inward focused, they are peer focused, and we are just catching kids, non-parent, non-caregiver folks are catching them in other moments of their day. And we are not their safe place. So the safe place is where all the crap gets dumped, the big emotions, the anger, the lack of gratitude because they feel safe not being so gracious. You mean we are not the safe space of the stranger kid? So for the stranger kids, we are a stranger and they are on their best behavior and very lovely with our own kids, all of us collectively with the tweens and teens who come home to our house and live in our houses. We are the safe place. Correct. And therefore they are not on their best behavior because theoretically they've been keeping it together all day. And now they're going to let it all out and not be on their best behavior. So fear not, you are not raising a total right. jerk. I want to put that out there. They might act like a jerk, but they are not globally a jerk. So let's then pivot to the helpful part of the conversation. <laughs> Because I think what we're describing- I think that's helpful. I no, think it's helpful but, to know that it's development. Uh, yes, so it is. Okay, it's not that it's not helpful <laughs> to set the stage and explain the range of typical. That's great. I think what would be helpful would be for us to shine a light on what 
gratitude looks like at these ages, because I think that helps the adults recognize when kids are grateful. So when I was growing up, gratitude looked like a thank you note. That is what it looked like. That it was its most important form. My mom was very formal about it. I never got a gift and didn't write a thank you note. Now I was hounded endlessly for that thank you note, but that was how I was taught to show gratitude. I don't think that's how gratitude has to look. I don't think it's how it looks all the time. And I think as I've gotten older and as my kids have gotten older, being able to see gratitude in different forms has helped me appreciate when they are grateful. So that's where I wanted to go with it. I think that the hope is like your kid is going to look at you and be like, I so appreciate the many hours that you spent picking it out and debating what color to get me and driving to five different stores and searching online. And I know that your day is so busy and it means so much to me that we so desperately want them to understand the process that we go through, the thought that we put in, in order to do things for them, give things to them. And I'll give you a perfect example. I hosted my daughter's entire age group for camp the day after we got back from our Mid-Atlantic book tour swing. And I was cooking dinner for 20 girls or, you know, getting dinner ready. And my daughter was standing around not helping. And I, in my mind was like, how do you not know all of the work that is going into this? How do you not know how exhausted I am? How do you not know how little I want to be having you all in my house right now, instead of like reading a book and chilling out. But part of what I realized was that she is not an adult and she cannot understand and she cannot read my mind. And so to me, part of the first step of instilling gratitude is helping kids understand the time and effort that goes into the things we do for them. Now, that's a complicated ask because very often as parents or caregivers, we want or even do say to our kids, do you understand how much time I have spent on you? Do you get how exhausted I am? Do you appreciate how stressed out I am? Do you like, right? The litany of all of the ways in which we as adults are spread too thin, are stressed out, have worked very hard and feel underappreciated. Right. It feels heavy handed. Well, not only that, it. it feels heavy handed. It centers us in the story, which is ultimately actually not what we're trying to do. If we center That's them right. in the story of gratitude, it creates a totally different narrative. And it just makes them feel shitty. Like it makes them feel ashamed of their behavior, but it doesn't help them build the muscle for gratitude. So I'm wondering, Kara. What does it sound like? Right. So this is where I was going with how to recognize forms of showing gratitude, because I think the beginning, the seeds of this start with recognizing when they're trying to show it in their own way or when they're trying to wrap their brain around what other people are doing for them. 
and thanking them or or celebrating that, right? So for instance, a thank you may not sound like, thank you so much, mom, for hosting 20 people. I know you're so tired. I so appreciate you. Thank you may look like cleaning up after her friends or doing dishes when not asked or pulling out a vacuum and vacuuming when someone spills something all over the floor. Thank you may look like a behavior that, by the way, you expect them to do, right? This is the hard part about the beginning steps of recognizing gratitude. You're recognizing something that no, duh, they should be participating in. And yet it's like everything else we talk about during adolescence and puberty. If we shine a light on that thing that they are doing kindly and well, it reinforces it and we can see it and put a label on it. So I know because you and I have had a debrief that she was managing all the dynamics of having all these kids in her home. And she was actually trying to be really helpful. She just didn't know how, but there were little things that you were able to say, I really appreciated that you did this thing. And that's a, it's sort of a subtle conversation, which is the flip side of you saying, I wish you had thanked me for this. And then she goes, thank you, mom. And it's not genuine. Whereas what you did do is you said, I appreciated that you did this thing. I saw how hard it was. And I, and then she saw that you appreciated it and it gave her an opening to say what she appreciated about you. That feels authentic. That feels teachable. That feels replicable. That feels like something she can take out of the house and do in real life every day. And that's gratitude. What I realized was, oh, she needed a roadmap for me about how she could demonstrate her appreciation for what I was doing because it wasn't going to organically and authentically flow from her. Like, yes, there would be a thank you, but then there was a weekend worth of work to be dealt with. And she needed a roadmap for what that weekend worth of work looked like. And so it was, yes, the recycling, yes, the vacuum, Yes, making sure the people who brought sleeping bags made their sleeping bags home. Yes, it meant making sure her friends didn't leave stuff in our house so that I wasn't busy mailing things the following weekend. So that was a lesson to me that sometimes kids want to show their gratitude, but they actually need some guidance on how. Not say thank you for God's sakes. Like, don't you appreciate what I'm doing? But like the gestures of gratitude, which are not the words, but the acts, sometimes they require more guidance than we realize or expect them to. I'm going to go one step further though, and talk about those times where you or me or you, dear listener, say something that is the sort of frustrated side of it, which I think is actually really important too. Yeah, It made me feel bad when you didn't acknowledge this. It made me feel, you know, fill in the blank when you fill in the blank. That feedback for kids is actually really important too. It has to be done thoughtfully. If it's done all the time, it doesn't land. So if you're guilt tripping your kid right. constantly. And then your kid just becomes your caregiver and that's right. not what we want. That's not the goal. Yeah. But 
you and I have been on the road for five weeks. And when we come home, five years, five years, (laughs) when we come home and it's like, oh boy, that pile of stuff I really thought might get done because that was a good eye roll. That was like deep, all whites (laughs) eye roll. Um, that, you know, we, we all know, right. That, and it's just like the pile is just sit, still sitting in the middle of the kitchen and everyone has walked around it for five weeks and ignored it because we're just going to come home and take care of it at some point. It is not unreasonable to say, you know what, it makes me feel really frustrated when I leave this and nothing gets taken care of or done. You do open yourself up to the reply, but you didn't ask me to which then begins the conversation about the other part of gratitude, which is gratitude looks like anticipating someone else's need and trying to help them out. I have found that that is one of the most important types of gratitude to recognize in my kids when they anticipate what I need from them and they just do it without asking. And it just, you know, they just step in reinforcing that is extremely important. You will not be surprised to hear that sometimes they do that. And then I'm like, oh, while you're doing that, can you do these 12 things? (laughs) That does not go well. That's not a great strategy. Or you're like, thank you for doing it, but you actually didn't do the way I wanted you to do it. Can you do it better? (laughs) I mean, yeah. And I think also your kids are older, right? So when I look at my older kids in my house, there's an awareness and a thoughtfulness that has developed over time. Not a constant awareness, not a, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. It was our anniversary about a month ago and I had been with one of my kids like all morning, I think dealing with like college application stuff. And and then he got in the car and was heading to a friend's house and he called me from the car uh, on speaker. Obviously he was not calling me, you know, on his holding his phone, God forbid. And he said, I'm really sorry. I just realized that it's your anniversary and you helped me with all this stuff. And I did not wish you a happy anniversary and happy anniversary. And I'm oh sorry. My, God, I my kids have never, I don't even know if my kids know <laughs> what the date of my anniversary. <laughs> Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor Meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order... Go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box, 
And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. It was amazing. But also he took the do over, right? Like he recognized that he had been self-involved, which is fair enough. It's age appropriate. Realized it was our anniversary, took the do over and called me and wished me an anniversary. And so there's a lesson in that also. Okay. Here's where I'm going to go with that one, which is We are just a couple of days away from a national holiday that is supposed to be all about gratitude. I mean, it's about a lot of things and it's very complicated. We're not going to get into the history of Thanksgiving. Right. But the sort of hallmark version is it's a holiday about gratitude. And I think it's very important for us to frame 
that holiday and the stress that goes along with that holiday yes, and the expectations. You had low expectations. My guess is you were not, your day was not going to, you know, start and end based upon when one of your kids wished you a happy anniversary. No. But Thanksgiving is charged. Whoever's hosting, like we're hosting this year, whoever's hosting, somehow the bar has gotten super high. And, you know, for a lot of families, the perfection quotient and making everything like the food has to be amazing. And the table has to look beautiful. And everyone has to have a good time. And everyone has to be included in the conversation. And of course, it's like, you know, it's like a road filled with potholes. And really what people are doing is dodging the potholes. And there's like this disingenuous layer to all of it when it is approached that way. And then we expect, or some people expect, I actually don't do this at my Thanksgiving, but to go around the table and say what you're thankful for. And it's like, are you kidding? I'm, you know, this is all pomp and circumstance. This doesn't feel authentic and real. And so I think that's a really, really important part of Thanksgiving is to strip away all those top layers and to get to the really base real sort of kernel of what one is grateful for beginning with you're sitting at a table under a roof with food in front of you like these are things that when we let go of the high bar that we all place and when we go to the very very core values then you can get to some real authentic gratitude yeah, I mean, when we had Stacy Billis on the podcast last year, co-host of Didn't I Just Feed You? It's a great episode if you haven't heard it. She's awesome. And she talked about managing food and teaching tweens and teens how to cook and how to deal with household responsibility around food. And we talked about Thanksgiving and she was like, everyone just needs to simplify, like pick simpler recipes, delegate, like we've gotten out of control in terms of like what we make and who's responsible and how much we make. And so I think Cara, to that point, if you are feeling unappreciated and you are walking into your Thanksgiving meals, feeling stressed and disappointed and everyone around you and not at all thankful, then part of it is like, you can only change other people so much. And so you might have to change the situation. I mean, we have a weird situation because we are going to visit my in-laws in England because my father-in-law is not well and we are not having a Thanksgiving meal at all. And my mother-in-law and sister-in-law very thoughtfully were trying to figure out how to create a Thanksgiving meal for us because they know how much we love it and it means to us. And they have spent many Thanksgivings actually here in New York with us. And as sad as I am not to be celebrating Thanksgiving, the last thing I would want to do is put more responsibility on my beloved family members in England who are dealing with an incredible amount of stress. So I was like, please don't worry about it. It's not important. We will come up with an alternate plan that feels lovely and exciting and joyful and celebratory. And it's fine, right? So sometimes it's about completely letting go of tradition and expectation and ritual. And that's also fine. So if your Thanksgiving meal means going to McDonald's and getting everyone a happy meal so that you can sit around your living room and laugh 
together and be grateful for what you have. Fantastic. Like go for it. And I think all of us, we talk in our keynote on the road with the book about reducing the amount of stress in our households and our families because by osmosis, kids absorb our stress. And I think this is a great example of like letting go of the perfection of the Thanksgiving holiday. And for those people who celebrate Christmas, right? That's a whole other set of expectations. But I want to go back to the heart of it, which is gratitude and thankfulness. And we talked about that it's developmental and that over time kids will learn to do it. It's not so much as developmental as learned. I think that's the the more accurate way. Well, there... I think it's both. You don't think it's both? I mean, I wish one of us was actually an expert in this so we could right. figure I, no, out. I mean, there are developmental milestones that you hit that allow you to yeah. sort of integrate the ability to think beyond yourself. And, right? right, like three-year-olds think they literally, they don't even think, you know, this the sun is the center of any, they are the sun. They are right. the center of the universe, everything, right, right. There are developmental stages there, but it's also very much you're socialized to have gratitude. You start, you pick up the cues around you. So there are kids who do struggle with picking up cues. And for those kids who learn differently from the world around them, their parents work very hard to communicate these types of things to them in different ways, how to show gratitude, how to express gratitude. And they have amazing tools about how to cue kids when kids are struggling a little bit with the cueing. But I do think it's, yeah, okay, it's partly developmental, but it's also learned. Okay, go on. Right, it's mo- it's modeling. It's, I'm grateful um, that you let me interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> always, always. But I think it's also, as you said, Cara, appreciating when they do it, right? Because they're not always going to express their gratitude. So it's recognizing it's a journey, appreciating when they do it, appreciating when you or they take a do-over in order to express gratitude. There's a particular topic we have not discussed around gratitude, which is when there are other relatives involved waiting for and expecting gratitude in a very particular form and our children have not or will not performed their duty in that respect. like. A grandparent, like a hug. It might be a hug and a kiss. It might be a particular kind of a thank you note. It might be a particular type of conversation, right? So, so it's performative. It's that. it's performative in the sense that it's not authentic to your kid, and it might not even be authentic to your immediate, your nuclear family system. But if we are part of a larger family system. And we are teaching our kids to respect their elders. What can we require of them and demand of them? And what areas do we let go of? So for instance, I would never, ever, ever force my kid or require of my kid to show physical affection to any adult to whom they do not feel comfortable showing physical affection. Because to me, that's an issue of consent. And that's a hard line. But that's different from gratitude. Well, but if the gratitude, if a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle is expecting gratitude in the form of a kiss or a hug, then it is gratitude. Now, if gratitude is considered appropriate when it's like, take your mom and her love of thank you notes. If your family doesn't like, isn't big into thank you notes, but a grandparent is like, I expect a thank you note, then Cara, 
you write a thank you note, right? The other thing is the why. I think this is really important. We talk on the road a lot about why, and you and I have slightly different opinions about the why, but when it comes to gratitude, I think it's so important that kids understand the rationale behind the gratitude. If a kid says, thank you, everyone is pleased usually. I mean, so long as it's not done sarcastically, right? If they don't, and we need to say, say, thank you, the prompt is sometimes not enough for them to internalize the lesson. But if we say, say thank you, because it was really nice for Vanessa to take the time to make this meal. Well, then suddenly you've given them a rationale and a frame. Now you could argue they don't always need to come up with the rationale for why they're saying thank you. But I do think, especially with younger kids, teaching the why behind the gratitude is really important. I think as they get older, asking them for their why is really important. You know, when they say, oh, I'm so glad this happened. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so excited about this. Instead of telling them why, ask them why. Why? What what about that makes you feel grateful? The reason why their why is important is it's going to teach you about their internal value system and it's going to open up really interesting conversations. So beyond what we think they need to do to be socially functional, starting to understand what they're learning from friends, from social media, from the world around them, it's it's really very interesting to see what they value. And as they grow through the tween years into the teen years, you know, you always say teenagers are your favorite age. I think it's because they share their why. It's Mm. because they tell you it's no longer just because I told you so. Mm -hmm. There is some real depth behind each one of their decisions or not. And that's its own subject (laughs) and a different podcast. But But when there's not a whole lot of thought behind their decisions, they can then turn around and reflect with you what the hell happened to have made that decision in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think like we talk about all the time, they're building the muscle of gratitude, of self-reflection, of thanks, And then of expressing it, right? Because they can That's think right. in their head, oh, thank you so much for like making this super yummy dinner, but they might not say it. That's right. Or thank you so much for driving me an hour to go see my friend. And I do think there are certain sort of tactical thanks and expectations we can lay out for kids. Like totally, when I give you a ride somewhere, I expect you to thank me before you get out of the car, right? Like those kinds of small things, I think. And you can set it up and express your expectation and kind of repeat it and follow through with it. I think there's a kind of more meta challenge that many parents and caregivers deal with, particularly around this time of year when we're like planning big events, where we're buying gifts where we just generally feel underappreciated and taken Mm -hmm. for granted. And I've been thinking a lot about my desire for going back to your point earlier, Cara, about like my family can't read my mind, right? Mm. I wish they could. I wish it would be amazing. I would be so grateful for that, (laughs) but it's never going to happen. And so we have to get better at communicating. So part of what I'm thinking a lot about is if people are not 
executing on what I expect them to, if they are not following through on gratitude or behavioral gratitude, how can I communicate better? How can I communicate not when I'm hot and angry and frustrated? How can I find the downtimes and the quiet moments to express how I'm feeling? How can I not make it feel like an assault on them and on their character? How can I keep it in a more neutral tone? How can I not center myself and my feelings every time in the story, but center in the values of our family and our expectations of everyone and of each other in our household? Kind of taking the blame game out of it and the judgment out of it. And some of that starts, Cara, with something we talked to Lisa Pressman about, which is like, it feels like a big deal when our kids disappoint us or piss us off. But like in the grand scheme of things, as she said, we're not being chased by a bear. As I said, we're not being chased by a caterpillar. Like sometimes, yes, it feels crappy in the moment, but when we take a deep breath and we get a little perspective, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing ever. And so I think before we react in our frustration about lack of gratitude, taking a moment, putting it in perspective and expressing our feelings when we're not quite so elevated. So to me, the take-home messages here are number one, gratitude looks like lots of different things. It presents itself in lots of different ways. And we should all get better about recognizing what gratitude looks like. But number two, if you feel that the kids in your life are not adequately expressing gratitude, and this may be for a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, a coach, a mentor, any adult in a leadership role in a kid's life may see something that flags them. Ask yourself, why is it bothering you? If it's bothering you because it's personal and about you and it feels bad, you go down one path. And if it bothers you because you feel like that kid is setting themselves up for failure in the world because they don't know how to properly engage with and thank other people, you go down another path. And those paths involve communicating clearly, teaching by showing, giving them a rationale for why it's important. But also those paths both allow you to take a minute and to recognize there may be little ways that they're showing gratitude that are their authentic ways. And we need to get better at seeing that. And so I feel a lot better going into Thanksgiving. I feel like it's going to be a really low stakes holiday this year. It's going to be super mellow. Perfection is not on the table, literally and figuratively. And instead, I think there's just going to be a lot of gratitude for sleeping in my own bed and being home for this week because we're back on the road next week. But then there's gratitude, Vanessa, for being back on the road with you next week. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. I'll take I it. I mean, New York between the holidays is very, very special. So we'll go look at all the holiday windows in New York City. I'm grateful for this conversation because I know I'm going to lose it in the airport when we're like stressed and trying to make a flight. And I have no doubt I will need to take at least one do-over, if not many, many, many do-overs. So I'm grateful for all the work that we do that will allow me to mess up during the Thanksgiving week and then hopefully do better the next time. And also we're really thankful for all of you 
out there who listen to this podcast, who support us, who join us on this journey of turning puberty into something we talk about and we laugh about. And we've met so many of you on the road and we've gotten to connect with you and you've sent us your stories and you've told us your experiences. And we are really, really grateful to be in community with you all. So from our homes to your homes, thank you for being on this, on this road with us. Thank you, Vanessa. And I'm grateful to you for pressing recording at the beginning of this, (laughs) because I just had a moment where I wasn't sure you had. That happened three times while we were recording. I kept looking at the corner. (laughs) I was like, oh, thank God I pressed record. (laughs) Thankful for record. Bye, Cara. Bye. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast, and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Yet. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.